0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for this time, this opportunity to share your word with your people. pray not on me, but all of you. Pray for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Thank you for signs and wonders following the teaching and preaching of your word. Use my mouth as your mouthpiece, as your oracle, as the oracles of God. I thank you, your wisdom employs my mind, employs my lips. I pray that I will minister out of that wisdom, the wisdom that is from above, the wisdom that is godly, scriptural, Uh, Unbiased, Father, I thank you. I pray, Father, that I would not speak as a mere man, but as um, your prophet to these, your people, in Jesus' name. Father, grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. Father, we're so very grateful for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us. We're so very grateful for that blood that gives us access to the throne, that blood that gives us um, what we need to overcome the enemy. And I thank you, Father, as we discuss maturity, as we discuss prayer, I pray, Father, that you would enlighten your people. Holy Spirit, you can take what I have and and give them revelation beyond what I'm teaching, and so Holy Spirit, let's just welcome the Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come and to teach us. Walk, <coughs> calls us to go into your classroom, that we may h- be um, taught by you. Use me, Father, for your glory. Make me usable in your kingdom, uh, a vessel of honor, not of dishonor, but of honor that, Lord, that th- these things that we say today will affect our eternal existence, our, our eternal state, that we will enter into eternity with rewards because of today's message, this, tonight's message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's go with us. Uh, our, our golden text is Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, a passage that you're familiar with. Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, uh, um, let's, verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers. These are commonly known as the fivefold ministry gifts. They are grace, grace gifts um, to the body of Christ. Let's look at their purposes. Verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we be no longer, we no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, and by craftiness and deceitful schemes, whether speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, with each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it, it builds it builds itself up in love. A mouthful. <laughs> so we see that these ministry gifts are given for the edification of the body of Christ. So let's talk about this. Let's, let's look at maturity. What does maturity look like? So Hebrews chapter 5, we mentioned to it last week, Hebrews chapter 4, or the week before, Hebrews chapter 5. Let's look at verse 11. Hebrews 5 verse 11. It says, And this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. So one of the marks of an immature Christian is they're dull of hearing. They don't really hear what the Word of God is saying. They don't really hear what the Spirit is saying. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Let's stop there. So one of the mature marks of a mature Christian is that they're able to teach. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're called to be in a pulpit, but you should teach someone else right? It doesn't matter where you are, you're able to take another believer, an immature believer, and walk with them and teach them. So you need to be, you need someone to teach you again. At one point, you, you know, Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, says, by this time you ought to be teachers, but you need somebody to teach you again. But it's not just anything, but teaching you the basic principles or the oracles of God you need milk not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is unskillful or unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child but solid food is for the mature for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil so as we see from this passage that milk Though milk is not a bad thing, as you take milk, you are growing. But if you stay on milk only, that's a problem, right? If that's all you ever have is milk and you're 50, 60, 70, we got problems. You're not getting everything you need. So solid meat is for, a solid food is for those who are mature. So another characteristics of a mature believer is they can take solid food and they can break it down and they can continue to grow. And they're skillful in the word of righteousness or they're skillful in the word of God. As we can see from out the New Testament, the word of God is called the word of truth, the word of faith, the word of life, and now we see the word of righteousness. So those are different ways to describe The word of God, the word of truth, the word of life, the word of faith, the word of righteousness, and so forth. And so, as a mature Christian, you are to be skillful in the word of righteousness. Let's just pause here and go to 2 Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy 2.15. Says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So it is possible to wrongly handle the word of truth. Here, Paul says, as you study and you approve before God, then you'll become a worker that has, you don't you're not ashamed. Because you can rightly divide the Word of God. Now, if you can rightly divide it, you can wrongly divide it. And so a mature believer is able to rightly handle or rightly divide the Word of God. They can connect the old and the new. They connect the apostles with the message of Jesus. They can connect Revelation to, to Genesis. They have an understanding of who God is in the Scriptures. Go back to Hebrews 4. Or five, I'm sorry. Hebrews 5. No longer, verse 13. For everyone who lives on milk is unskillful or unskilled in the word of righteousness, he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment. Let's stop there. So there is, as, as a mature believer, you have. The power or powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So one of them, another mark of a mature believer is they are able to discern what's good and what's evil. What's word of life, word of death. Word of truth, word of false. Everybody sees that. So rightly discerning, and, and, and notice this. There's no such thing as a, particularly a gift of discernment. I, often people say, I have, a, I have the gift of discernment, and I just laugh. Because as a Christian, every Christian should have discernment. It should not be uh, only for those who are of the elite, of the elect. But we should all have discernment. We should know what's right and what's wrong we should be and 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 think about naturally as a person matures naturally they're able to use their mind to rightly divide what's right and what's wrong what's foolish what's wise right they know how to distinguish good and bad and so as a mature christian you've been trained by constant practice of distinguishing good from evil then verse chapter 6 verse 1 therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of christ And go on to what? Perfection. Perfection. ESV says what? Maturity. Maturity. Okay. Let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again a foundation of, and here are the fundamentals of Christ or the doctrines of Christ. It is the repentance from dead works. So that's one of the doctrines of Christ. If you're taking notes, you should put one doctrine or a little... Dash or however you do it, a dot, <laughs> bullet points. Um, doctrine um, doctrines of Christ include f- repentance from dead works. One, two, faith towards God. That's two, three. Um, instruction about washings or baptisms. Doctrines of baptisms. The next one, the land on of hands. The next one, the resurrection of the dead. And the next one, eternal judgment. So these are, so next year, we're gonna focus on these fundamental doctrines. Because if you don't know these doctrines, how can you build a house? This is the basic, this is the principles. So repentance from dead works, faith towards God. Instructions or doctrines about baptisms or washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a Wednesday Wednesday nights and we're going to focus on basic Christianity with the fundamental of Christ. So just raise your hand. No embarrassment. How many understand all of these principles? Praise God. Anybody else? Praise God. So we're going, to, we're going to expound on it and grow from it. How many have never heard of these fundamental principles? Raise your hand. Okay. All of y'all are bright. <laughs> Praise God. So if, if you haven't, um, it's a good opportunity. So how many know we know, need to know what we believe or what we should believe and why? We can defend the faith. We can tell. You know, don't let Jehovah's Witnesses come to your house. And tell you what you believe. Just say, no, nah, no, nah, I don't I don't believe that. And that's not what that Bible, that that's not what the word is. So we're gonna expound on those fundamentals and we're going grow. So we're talking about spiritual growth. So our next target will be for next year is those the fundamentals of Christ. The fundamental doctrines of Christ. Uh, we're trying to decide what days as far as months, because you know, winter, you know, kind of tricky. You got January, February, March. That's, yeah. (laughs) So we got to figure that out. We'll pray. God knows where the snow, whether, you know, when it's going to snow. And then also there's, there's this guy who could pray and cause the snow to not to come. We won't talk about him tonight. Um, all right. So with that in mind, so those are some characteristics of, Mature Christianity. Let's take a look at it. What what are some characteristics of mature Christianity? Mature Christians. One is what? Speak out. Skillful in the Word of God. They know how to. They're not just, they're not a novice. A mature Christian is not a novice. Did you hear me? One of the qualifications to be a pastor is not to be a novice. Anybody know what a novice is? A beginner. Someone who just got saved. So to take a person who just got saved and put them in a place of leadership is error. And the Christian church has known, today's Christian church, has been known to do something like that. Such as a secular artist who gets saved and they make them a leader. Perfect example is Mace. Mace supposedly got saved and immediately he went to the pulpit. How does that make people who've been serving for years and years who have had this call, you gotta wait. But Mace, because you got a platform, you're coming right to the pulpit. That's error. And the Bible says not to lay hands suddenly on no person. Don't endorse them lest you participate in their sins. So we if you notice about me, I I it I I take the longest to lay hands on people, I take the longest. I'm probably the worst. I just drag my feet. Uh, we don't even have any ordained ministers right now besides myself, right? Uh, we have four ministers. It's just I just take a long time because you have to prove yourself, and it's, it's and Titles here are not important, right? Uh, I mean, it, it's we believe in titles. Titles are important. I know. One of my sons in the ministry, he got a song called Untitled. I understand that. I, I get the, the, the understanding. But titles are important because God gave titles, right? Paul, an apostle of God by the will of God. Right? That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's known. Um, so titles are important. Some people are like, we don't believe in titles. I don't want the title minister. Uh, okay, then don't be a minister, right? Because if you're a minister in, in Christ's church, you need to have a title. There needs to be a title. So I take a long time because I don't want to lay hands on suddenly on no one. And to endorse and say, oh, you are called of God. So, so it's not right to, to just go around giving titles, right? Even if I sense someone has a prophetic gift or they're a prophet, um, it's rare. I'm not saying it's impossible for a 21-year-old to be a prophet. It's one in a million. You don't start out as a prophet. You start out as a slave of Christ <laughs> for several years, and the Lord might see fit to make you a prophet. So if you see someone that just got saved, and four years later they're a prophet, false prophet. <laughs> right? It's just not, it's not rare. It's not common in Scripture. Well, what about Jeremiah? different because God used them to write Jeremiah, right, <laughs> or to speak it. <laughs> That's different. Don't you, you can't use, oh, what a David. Or, you know, these are the exceptions. God highlighted them for a particular reason. All right, that's not even in my notes. All right, um, so mature Christian, one of the characteristics of a mature Christian is they have a title, maturity. I'm mature. They go around saying I'm mature. <laughs> no, okay. Skillful in the word of righteousness, the word of God. <clears throat> what are the other characteristics? Take solid food. Break it down. Yeah, yeah, the senses the their senses are exercised. So they, they're constantly exercising their senses, right? The powers of discernment. What else? I said another thing. Yeah, so divide rightly divide the word. They, they know how to rightly divide it. They know how to take Genesis and Revelation, uh, Matthew and Malachi. Well, you know, that's kinda <laughs> Malachi, oh, well let's do Ezra and Luke. Lamentation right. and Ephesians. <laughs> they know how to connect the dots. All right. That doesn't mean they don't have all knowledge. Okay. Uh rightly discerned and, and, and they they understand the fundamental doctrines of Christ, right? They're not someone who just skipped over the doctrine of Christ. If you give some supposedly mature believers, say, write down the 12 gifts of the Spirit. Most pastors probably wouldn't know how to do that that I know of, the 12 gifts of the Spirit. Say, okay, I want you to explain the Trinity. Then you got some who don't believe in the Trinity, right? Explain that, un- un- Unpack it. I want you to explain the doctrines of baptisms there's more than one baptism there's at least three baptisms really four mentioned in, in the new testament y'all try to figure that out <laughs> four baptisms let me tell you water baptism baptism in the holy spirit baptism in the fire from a fire and then baptism into the body of christ four baptisms okay Land on the hands. Why is that important? You see people often, they just lay hands on everybody. There's a couple reasons to lay hands. One, you lay hands to affirm someone's call. You lay hands on someone to get healed. And the believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You lay hands to impart spiritual gifts. You lay hands to bless people. Jesus laid hands just to bless people, bless the children, calls the children up to lay hands on um, you lay hands also to sometimes to drive out devils. You lay hands for to people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So these are different reasons to lay, lay hands. The doctrines don't lay hands. We see often um, in Christendom today is people just lay hands, empty hands on empty heads. There's nothing been transferred. They just lay hands. I, 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 I rarely lay hands on people. I just think it's it's sacred, you know. I probably need to lay hands more, but I, I just I'd rather lag, I mean be behind than in the front of God, or really walking with God is better. All right, so <clears throat> let's talk about the prayers of maturity. So these are we know some characteristics of a mature Christian. They're skillful in the word of righteousness, right? They're not dull of hearing. A mature Christian is not dull of hearing. God doesn't always have to come to them over and over to do something. They're quick to obey. They hearken. They listen and obey. They jump up and obey God. Um, they are. They they eat solid food. They know how to take solid food and, and, and break it down. They just don't live and thrive on milk, but they have a greater understanding of the things of God. They're not surface Christianity. If all the things you know about... Christianity is Jesus died on my died for my sins. Praise God, that's the that's the foundation. But how I many know there's more to Christianity than just that? We don't we always talk about that. We never move, you know what I'm saying? We don't oh, that's just old news. That's the relevant news. That's news for today, but we build upon that. Um, they they have their powers of discernment exercised. They're skillful in the word of righteousness. And notice that it's the word of righteousness, the word of what? Truth, the word of life, and the word of faith, all describing the word of God. All right, let's talk about prayers. The prayers of, for maturity, the prayers of maturity. Go with me to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians. Now, these prayers that I'm going to share with you, we're going to expound on these prayers next year at the beginning of the year when we do our Knowing God series. Prayers, these prayers I've been praying since I was a teenager and I actually learned how to pray these prayers from a missionary that used to come to the church that I belonged to as a kid and they talked about these, especially the Ephesians prayer and I was like, oh you can do that. (laughs) I didn't know that you could do that. And so this guy, he came, his name was Ed Corley I believe he's still living and he would talk about praying these prayers and then I went to Bible college and I, ta- I heard Dad Hagan talk about these prayers Ephesians, I mean Colossians chapter 4 verse 12 when you got it say I got it Epaphras who is one of you a servant of Christ Jesus a minister of Christ Jesus greets you Always struggling on your behalf in what? Always struggling on your behalf. So, a true pastor, a true servant, or minister of Christ will struggle on the behalf of the people they serve in prayer. Struggling in prayer. How does one struggle in prayer? Let's take a look at what he's praying, that you may stand mature or perfect and fully assured and all the will of God, all the will of God. So this minister is struggling because he's praying for maturity for them to be in all of the will of God, for them to grow and walk in the fullness of the will of God. Just take a little side journey. Romans 12. Romans 12. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing that you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. So there are three aspects of the will of God. The good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Y'all ready for this? Go to Mark 4. Mark 4, Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, here we go, and it says in verse 20, but those that were sown on the good soil of the ones good soil are the ones who hear the word accept it and bear fruit 30 fold 60 fold and 100 fold the good is the 30 fold the acceptable is the 60 fold and the perfect is the 100 fold okay so very few people walk in the 100 fold probably can count it on one hand that I know. Hundredfold is the, the person who is walking in all of the fullness of God. True, the ultimate goal of maturity is to walk in the fullness of the will of God. To do everything that God, doesn't mean that they don't sin, doesn't mean that they, they perfect in that sense of men without sin, but they're walking in the fullness. They're doing what the word says. The word governs their life and they have given themselves over to this kingdom. They're the ones who have forsaken all for the pearls that they found, the great treasures for the kingdom. They forsake all and give themselves over to this call of God. Whatever it may be, if God called them to be an engineer, they are giving themselves over to that. God called them to be ministry gifts, they are giving themselves over to that. And unfortunately, there's some who just walk in the good and the acceptable, but not the perfect. So this minister is praying for the perfect will of God. How hungry are you for the, will, the perfect will of God? We pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We, you got to be hungry enough. A mature person is hungry enough that it means that their circle gets smaller, that it means that they're more focused, they forsake television shows. I remember saying, it's no sin to watch television. I'm not saying, I, I, I love television, right? Yeah. Um, junkie, right? I was until, you know, I met my dad. He called it uh, like HBO Hell Box Office. You know, he would say, you're looking at the television again. I mean, that's what I grew up with, the one-eyed devil, the <laughs> one-eyed demon. Uh, and, he just, and I understood what he was coming from because he was like, yo, you got to focus. Like, as a teenager, you got to focus. You got to get off of this. This, this is not, it, even if, if you're going to be successful naturally, you, um, Dr. Miles Morales says, don't let another day go by that television destroy your life. I mean, uh, we can uh, apply that to social media. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pulling myself from social media. I'm j- just pulling back. So if you see things popped up, you can thank Dave, that's Dave, on my social media. He has access to all my social media, except for Snapchat, you don't have that yet, right? You can have it, because I don't really own there. I mean, it's some crazy videos like, yo! (laughs) But they fade away, though, so it's out there somewhere. (laughs) Um, So, but if you see stuff posted, it's not me, it's him. Um, I, I just, like, I really, you really gotta pull yourself out, you gotta unplug in order to grow in order to stay focused, in order to feed your faith. It's, it's more important to feed your faith than to feed your fears and doubts. And when you're looking at those things and sometimes engage, those things feed your doubt. One thing about Instagram, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to confess my sins before you, uh, my issues. Um, sometimes I see stuff and, and see other ministers, friends, and I'm like, you know, in my mind, like, you're not doing that. You're not out there, you know, and it's, it's kind of intimidation for me. It's kind of a sore spot, like yo. We started together. How <laughs> you got a million people? Like I don't understand, <laughs> you know. But but I have to say, you know what? It doesn't really matter. You gotta focus. So you gotta protect your relationships. So the thirty fold, the sixty fold, the hundred fold, hundred fold walk. The perfect will of God doesn't mean that everything is perfect. It doesn't mean that your your, your finances are perfect. It just simply means that you are. You are in the will of God, the fullness of the will of God. And as a mature Christian, as you mature in the things of God, you got to get hungry for the will of God. You got to want God's will more than life itself. That's a mature, that's a mark of a mature Christian. They want the will of God more than anything else. And I remember being a young lad in the faith in my early 20s with my brother, Brad. Some of y'all have met him, the white PD, best friends. We've been through a lot together. We were, at one time, we were praying to uh, marry um, sisters so we can just be connected. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so for the first, I mean, it was like in our four to five years, we gave ourselves over to the word of God and prayer like never before. Of course, now things are different. He got five kids. I got two. Um, <laughs> some of y'all heard it. It was supposed to be the opposite. He only wanted two, and I wanted five. He's like, this is not, this should be happening. But it happened that way. Uh, so we gave ourselves over to God. We fasted and prayed twice. We, we fasted twice a week, every Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we prayed a whole lot. I mean, we gave ourselves to prayer. We did prison ministry. We, we I mean, just constantly ministering to people, right? I think that even as now our family, we were talking recently, that a lot of ways we still got to come back to that, creating that environment for our children now. That, hey, you got to give yourself over. The hundredfold walk is available to any believer who's hungry for it. You got to be willing. To, and I'm not saying you got to be a monk. I used to want to be a monk in the sense of going up in the mountains and praying till God showed me one day that that wasn't God's will. Because God's will is wherever people is. And so you can't be in the will of God of in a mountain just praying and not reaching people. Jesus didn't just go into the mountain. He went to the mountain of God by himself, but he didn't stay there. And if you want to do God's will, God's going to punch you around a bunch of people because his interest is winning people as much as possible. As many people as possible. And our goal is to populate heaven. We want to get as many people in heaven as possible. Right? I, I just I had a co-worker, I get real close with co-workers at times. This co-worker I worked with. And, um, she eighty something years old. We would talk often. She followed me on Instagram, and we just, you know, she's like, "Yo, tell me about your boys." And you know, her her family is very successful. I mean, they're you know, books and so forth. We would talk about different things, and and she's like, "We got to get together." And I, I never really got a chance to witness so I did ask her. I said, "Are you saved?" She said, "I believe in Jesus." And But she would cuss the next moment. I said, well, I guess there's an exemption because you're 84, right? You could kind of say whatever you want. <laughs> at that point, who am I to correct you, right? And so she recently just died. But I just talked to her, and we were talking about she wanted me to meet with her at a, like a little cafe or a, um, a diner to, to see the boys and whatnot. And so we would always talk about the things of God or things in life. And, of course, I was trying to think about what happens when she, you know, you know, if she dies, I, I think you have to think about that when you have a relationship. You know, I, I, work with, I work with a bunch of young people. I work with a bunch of older people. And I'm thinking about eternity. Like, Lord, what can I say to this white guy who's closer to death and age? You know, I mean, of course, young people die, too. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, give me an opportunity. Open this door so I can walk in and witness. And you got to keep that in mind. A mature Christian is not thinking about here and now. Um, Courtney says this, we love this world too much. We love this world too much. And when you have a greater love for eternity, that is a mark for, that you mature. Eternal judgments, that's part of the principles of Christ. You're thinking about that judgment day and presenting people. Let's, let's look at at least this prayer. So this man, um, so the the, the Threefold will of God, the good, the acceptable, go back to Colossians 4, the good, the acceptable, and the perfect, the thirty-fold, the sixty-fold, and the hundred-fold. How many of you have never heard that before? Thirty, sixty, and hundred. Nine, nine, nine. So the hundred-fold is the perfect will of God. There's the good will, that circle, then there's the acceptable will, closer, and then there's the hundred-fold will. All of the will of God. You're walking in all the light that you have. Not that you're perfect, but you're walking in everything that you know. Colossians 4, this is a prayer you should pray. And this Epaphras, Epaphras pray, is praying this for this church at Colossae. That you may stand mature, or that you may stand perfect, fully assured in all the will of God. In all the will of God. So this is the way I would take this to pray for myself. I pray that Dwayne Wright will stand perfect or mature, fully assured in all the will of God. Father God, I pray that I will stand perfect and mature in all the will of God. That I may stand perfect. And and what, what are you doing when you pray? Prayer changes things, prayer changes you, prayer changes, prayer dethrones Satan. So I'm praying, God, I pray that I will stand perfect or mature and all of the will of God, fully assured in all the will of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, and you pray these prayers, not once, not twice, but hundreds of times. Everybody say hundreds. Hundreds, hundreds of times you need to pray this prayer. Father, that I stand perfect or mature and all, or fully assured in all the will of God. Highlight it and make that part of your daily prayer. As a Christian, you need to pray this prayer. These are prayers of mature individuals. This is not, Lord, just my deeds, right? So low Christianity is, God, may my needs be met. But high Christianity is, Lord, let your will be done. Not saying that you you need to make make your request known to God. So please request these things. Philippians 4 tells us that. But don't just stay there. Don't just stay there. The Lord's Prayer is a perfect example, an eternal perspective. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. So you start out with thanksgiving and praise. I speak well of your name. Thy kingdom come. Now I'm going after your kingdom. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I pray for your kingdom. I'm praying for the eternal kingdom of God, both now and what is to come. I'm praying for that kingdom. Lord Jesus, come quickly. That's what you're praying. Lord Jesus, come quickly. I'm praying. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Lord Jesus, don't come quickly until I get married. Oh, Lord Jesus, don't come quickly until I have my twins. Oh, Lord Jesus, don't come quickly until I, I'm, I'm affecting, my name is echoed in the books, the history books. I mean, recently I just got a, a, a message that someone mentioned my name in an academia report. I was like, "Yo, let's look at this." And it says $2.99 per month. I said, "Nope, I don't, not interested." <laughs> but it, I think it's just a comment. I don't think it's really me. <laughs> but I said, "I did confess that you go write about me." <laughs> so I was like, "Yo, that's my name. I said, I'm not paying three dollars a month just to see if my name is somebody, some other dead Dwayne, right?" <laughs> Yo, all right. So you're praying for the kingdom of God to come. You're praying for the will of God to be done. And, and then it goes on and says, give us this day our daily bread, right? So that's part of your needs being met. So you don't neglect that, but you just think about eternity as well as, well as your needs. Why do, why, do you want your, why, do, why do you want to be out of debt? So I can fully do the will of God. Why do you want to be healed so I can fully do the will of God? Why do you want your, your family to be in alignment so you can do the perfect will of God? Are you, are you seeing this? Your motive is different. You have pure motives. You're not just getting, want to get here, get out of debt, so that you can say I'm out of debt and be on Dave Ramsey's show. I mean, that's not the goal, right? So, so I can have my little testimony. So, no, you you want to get out of debt because one, as as you're in debt, you can, you're in bondage to that, and you don't need to be in bondage to no one but Jesus Christ. Amen. You you want to be free to if God calls you to Uganda for next eight years, you you're free. Knowing that you ain't coming back to a bunch of mess that you left, y'all left my credit, my my uh, debt behind while I was serving God. What a reproach, right? Right. If you owe somebody something, you need to pay them, and God will help you pay them. God will give you wisdom, and He can get you out quicker than working overtime. I I denied overtime twice this week, and I was hurt. I was like, Lord, this overtime is available. Okay, but. How many know that God can give, get you this, get, get you what you're missing in overtime? Right. You don't have to kill yourself to do, to get out of debt. You need to grind, but just don't kill yourself because God's kingdom and God's will is greater than you grinding to, to pay off a of debt. He can get you out of debt just like that. Amen. Amen. All right. So this, this is a prayer. Notice he's struggling. Epaphras is struggling on the behalf of this church in his prayers, he's struggling. If your prayer is just so easy all the time, you're not doing it right. I'm not saying you gotta, oh God, you know. Sometimes people when they pray, they all they always cry when they pray. You shouldn't always cry when you pray. Like that sobbing, oh God, oh God, oh God, yes Lord, yes Lord, oh God. I'm like, okay, is that it to prayer? That's the type of church I grew up in. Some people, they just, they just had that, that. Oh, I just got a burden for the loss. I mean, wow. I thought his burden was easy. Yo, you know, I mean, you make it like, that's really attractive. I mean, oh, I just got a burden. They're going to hell real fast. Okay, uh, yeah, but Jesus took care of that. We got to pray for laborers. You don't have to carry something that Jesus carried. He invites you to co-labor with him, but there's also rest in him. There's also assurance that you, you're not doing this thing by yourself. Um, he's struggling in prayer, and he's praying for the will of God. So keep that prayer in mind. Let's do one more prayer, and then I'm going to let you go. Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Again, I'll, I'm going to expound on these prayers at the beginning of the year as we start our Knowing God series. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. Here we go. For this reason, King James says, for this cause, I bow my knees before the Father. Who do you bow your knees before? The Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Notice this, that every family in heaven and on earth is named after the Father. We got his name. We got his name. He took our names and wrote our names in the Lamb's Book of Life and gave us his name to use on the earth. Um." The righteous, um, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. There's safety in the name. Yeah. There's something about the name. We're to praise the name, right? Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus and his name are one. So when you mention Jesus' name, you mention Jesus. I come to you in the name of Jesus. I come to you in the person of Jesus. I come to you in the authority of of Jesus. I come to you in the place of Jesus. And God hears you as if he hears Jesus. That name gives us access to the throne of God as if Jesus Christ himself was on the earth praying. Man, that's good news. We'll talk about the name of Jesus soon. It says, uh, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We got a family in heaven, folks. We got a family. We're part of a family. This kingdom is bigger than us. This kingdom connects the saints in heaven and the saints on earth. Verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. How many know that you need some spiritual strength? In order to stand, have it done all to stand, you need spiritual strength. Because if you don't have strength, you are faint. you are faint in the day of the adversity. That you must be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. You and I need the supernatural strength of God to be able to stand in the evil day. You need some strength. A mature believer understands that it takes strength for the Christian race. Let's continue. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Notice, that's what we prayed on Sunday morning, pre-service prayer, that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith, that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith. That's what you should be praying, that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith. What, what are you praying when you pray that? So is it wrong to pray for Jesus to come inside your heart? Absolutely not. There's a book called Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. The title alone is Error. Here we see that it says, let's look at this. And So that Christ may dwell in your what? When Christ comes in, he dwells where? In your heart. Your heart. So it's not wrong to tell little kids to pray and ask Jesus into your heart. You see where, where we get them from the Bible? It's biblical. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. How is Christ going to get there? By faith. So what are you praying? You're praying that Christ the seed of who you are is your heart, and you're praying that Christ will be the ruler or be on the throne of your heart, be the, 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 the king of your heart. The song we sing. Uh, y'all thought we just singing songs. <laughs> Scriptural. That Christ will be the king of your heart. If he got your heart, he got your life. How do you know that, Pastor Dwayne? I'm glad you asked. Matthew six, hold your place there. Matthew chapter six. Are you getting anything out of this? Yeah. Almost finished. I'm gonna let you go. Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, real quick. It says this, verse nineteen. Oh, let's jump down to verse twenty-one, time's sake. For where your treasure is, there your also your heart. For where your treasure is, there's where your heart. So you're praying that Christ will be your treasure. That Christ will be the Lord of your treasure. He'll be the treasure. You'll treasure treasure Christ. Christ will be your focus. He'll be the focal point of your life. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So so when a person gets saved, this is what I pray. I pray the Ephesians 1. I pray Ephesians 3 for him. I pray the Colossians 4. that, That Father God, and this is what I like to do. I like to get down on my knees, right? And I've been doing this for a long time. Take my Bible and I, and I say, for this cause or this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. And so, Father, I come to you. And for this reason, I bow my knees before you. I bow my knees before you. So I practice what the Bible says. I know it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to bow, right? I know that it's a posture of the heart, but I think sometimes we need to practice what it says. For this cause, I bow my knees. What does what bowing your knees has to do with anything? What if you got bad knees? Well, get your knees good by bowing before the Father. He'll strengthen your knees. Because what, what did the Bible says? They, they walked among the children of Israel, walked among, um, you know, the Israelites. They walked, and, and not one of them were feeble, including their knees. The shoes didn't wear out. Amen. For this cause, I bow my knees before the Father from whom the whole family have heard his name, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened, strength on the inside. We need to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. You need to strengthen your spirit. Your spirit needs to be strong so that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith that you've been rooted and grounded in what? In love. Mature believer will have love ruling over their lives, rooted and grounded in love. Not just any type of love. There's at least five types of love right in the Bible. Um, One of them, the highest type of love is agape, unconditional love, the love that God has for his children. God so agape us, Right. He so loved us with unconditional that that love is not an ordinary love. That love, see, you know, ordinary love, they'll love you today and they'll they'll dislove you tomorrow, you know, unlove you tomorrow. It's it's based on condition. I love you, love you if you do X, Y, and Z. But God's love, uh, uh, agape love, is I'm loving you regardless of what you say and regardless of what you do. You can walk away from me, my love remains the same. Don't give me that flaky love, right? Y'all know friends like that. As long as you got money, you, oh, you're the best thing since sliced bread. I had a cousin reach out to me recently. Oh, cuz I, 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 I need to borrow some money. I'll pay you back Friday. Well, Friday came and went. Well, what, what, what happens with that? You just don't let them borrow any more money. Um, and, and the thing about it is the thing, I was going to give them the money. I was going to tell them, don't worry about it. But because you did something like that, you'll never borrow anything from me, ever. It says that being rooted and grounded in love. So we got to be rooted and grounded in love. And it goes on verse 18. This is why. And may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Mature prayer. You're praying that, that you'll be rooted in love. You'll be strengthened with the spirit of God on the inside. You'll be rooted in love. And then you'll be able to comprehend with all the saints. How many know that saints you don't like, saints you do like? All the saints, what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of what? That love. That you will know and you're so rooted in the love of God that you understand that that love comforts all parts of life. Faith works by love. Your your faith is operating out of love. You're, You're praying out of love. You're ministering out of love. You're working out of love. Come on. Love is the motivation. It is the greatest. Faith, love, and hope. Love is the greatest of all. So a mature believer is a person that walks in love quick to forgive. Don't hold on to stuff. You did this last year. Or you did this 20 years ago. Um be quick to forgive and it goes on verse 19 and to know the love of christ This where "know" is like a husband that knows his wife it's intimacy to know the love of christ to really comprehend that love to really become intimate with the love of christ to know how many know believers need to know the love of christ that nothing can separate you from the love of god in christ no no, no hell, no, no, no sin, nothing can separate you. That love does not change. It's not an ordinary love. Ordinary love just won't do. This love remains the same. This love will be here yesterday, today, and forever. It does not change. God's love is unstoppable. You cannot stop God from loving you. And when you know that love, now you don't, that doesn't empower you to sin. That love empowers you to obey. Amen. It goes on. My time is slipping away. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So this love is beyond your understanding. You can't understand this love. This love looks beyond your fault. He sees your need. This love took Jesus to the cross. And then it says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What does that mean? That means you may be a body. Amplify says this. That you may be a body wholly filled And flooded with God Himself. That's why I pray for KLM. Lord, I pray that we would know the love of Christ, which passes our mere knowledge, that we may be filled with the fullness of God, that we may be a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. One time I was um, passing through um, Little Rock, Arkansas, my brother, uh, my biological brother, and sister in law was at home in their apartment, had some friends over, and they were getting high. And I so happened to drive by while they were doing this. And, of course, I'm looking for an opportunity to witness. So I started preaching to this bunch of teenagers who were high, and I started telling them about Jesus. All of them got saved, and I began to pray for them to get filled. And I left all these teenagers, blacks and whites, Speaking in tongues and got back in my car and went back home. <laughs> but I prayed this prayer for them that they may be filled with the fullness of God, that they will know the love of Christ. And as I prayed, they begin to hold all over the little living room with their joints right there in the middle. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a good prayer to pray for people to get filled. One time I was praying for my brother. His brother was backslidden, so, you know, he just went right into it. And, and, and he didn't know much about tongues. And I pray for him that, you, that he may be filled with the fullness of God. And, and when I, prayed, I pray that prayer, he starts speaking in tongues. So that's a good prayer. So Paul is saying that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And let's look at verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that you can ask or think according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all ages forever. All generations, forever and ever, and amen. A prayer that you can pray for your maturity. Gospel prayer, gospel growth. Father God, I thank you for this time as I shared your word with your people, that you strengthen them in their inner being by your spirit, that Christ will dwell in their hearts. I pray that these, your people, will know the love of Christ, which passes their mere knowledge, that they may be filled with the fullness of God now to you that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that can ask for thing according to the power that works in them be glory in the church in Jesus name amen
0: that concludes this week's message and thank you very much for listening for more information about kingdom living ministries please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org also